0: The issues discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast do not reflect the opinions of any specific agency. Any characters discussed on this show may be fictional for comedic value unless you're a shipbag Steve. This podcast is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised. listening to the podcast that changed the game and rocked an entire profession and rocked
1: an entire profession
0: talking about shit in law enforcement that keeps poor leaders up at night when others run scared and hide behind fake policies the roll call room podcast tells it like it is no bullshit no matter how hard these Steves try, we keep killing it. And now, here are your hosts, Nick and Mark.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Roll Call Room Podcast. I am one of your dysfunctional hosts, Nick. <laughs> And with me is the <laughs> lovely co-star of the new Barbie movie, Mark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the troll, not <laughs> in the bank. <pain.
0: laughs> Good, Good luck, finding him. Yeah, that's right. To watch it over and over and over. Hey, welcome to the roll call room.
1: I am. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this episode. It's a episode that's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Let me give a very, very brief for those of you that uh, are either just finding the show or just recently kind of got into it. Um, I think from the beginning of RCR, um, the prep for these shows is very minimal. (laughs) And I think that's been its success, which is, is there typically isn't any scripts. There isn't really very much note taking uh and we just kind of fly uh, by the seat of our pants um yeah i guess that's where lawsuits and everything come from but hey you know um now we
0: have the disclaimers at the beginning
1: yeah yeah and um so for this particular episode it's been building up for quite a while i've done a lot a lot of research um those of you that are not listening or watching this on youtube definitely going to want to switch over and watch the parts uh, because there's going to be a lot of reference uh, to um, documentation, which is going to show up on the screen uh, during the video portion of this. Uh, And the only reason why I'm telling you that is, is because the majority of our listeners are uh, either former cops or current cops and we live and die by evidence. We live Mm -hmm. and die by documentation and, and proof and I would highly encourage you to still research it on your own, but um, you know, I've done that for you, or we've done that for you. So, and I tell you all, the receipts. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I, I tell you all of this because I was thinking about it this morning when I woke up to get ready for this episode. And again, if you haven't really heard, Mark and I typically do these at five, six o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, well, how do, how Thank do we you, need sleep? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who needs sleep? Um, yeah, fuck that you know, and I was thinking, you know, how do we, how do we open this show? How do we, how do we explain why we're doing what we're doing? Because I know you get a lot of feedback and I get a lot of feedback too from folks mm-hmm. that are like, I'll oh, use uh, all of you commanders or all of you chiefs. Right. And I digress with the, with, Yeah, we probably shouldn't use all of. But you have to understand when the majority, which is 90% and above, Mm -hmm. are terrible, terrible leaders in this profession, it's very difficult to turn around and switch off all to some of you. Um, And it's getting worse. It's not getting better. So I would would venture to say you're not going to see us change the verbiage in any way whatsoever of saying all of you and some of you and if it's a matter of semantics for you then probably this isn't the best show for you to be listening to <laughs> yeah maybe this isn't your show yeah and you know uh, but there is a lot worse shows out there yeah yeah <laughs> if you, you think Nick and Mark are the ones grumbling oh <laughs> look around yeah <laughs> yeah i mean if if you're a, if you're a chief and you're a shitty chief and you're listening to this um why um uh, well welcome number one welcome. and uh please give us a like and a, and a share yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or uh, you know the majority of them specifically from my old agency are sitting there with a right. fucking notepad writing shit down like um how oh, did you hear him say this about our agency now Mm -hmm. Uh, just fix your shit. We should be able to sue them somehow.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Here, stop being shitty. Here's, here's, here's the number one clue. Pick up a
1: Maxwell book. (laughs) Like, like I would love to get to the point where, you know, I'm not talking about my old agency, but it's just so hard not to, because they're the litmus for bless you. They're the litmus for what not to do. Like,
0: and and they just can't get out of their own way, you bro. Said it. Jesus Christ, when I saw that video the other day, the I Can't Breathe video, well, whatever Knucklehead put that fucking t shirt and a hat in their cruiser and let it sit on the street, and that inept sergeant that showed up that tried to give that action a just minute of like just as justified. Well it's that- like, where the hell are you all at? It's well, I, I I was pissed off watching that video.
1: Well, and and I got some updates for that that that. And I really wanted to give it a win,
0: Nick. I, honestly, oh, yeah. I really wanted to give that sergeant the benefit of the doubt. And if I'd have been the sergeant working that day, I'd have looked at that. I looked at the guy and said, "You know, you're right. Let me take care of this for you." And I'd open that car and grab that shit out of there. And I said, "I'm going to bag this up and I'm going to start a little investigation on my own." Here's my card. What else can I do for you? Well, that, and- that would have handled it.
1: Those of you I that think. have not seen that that video, we've put it up on our social media. It was basically uh, a auditor um, type that walked by and saw a police cruiser with a I can't breathe T-shirt on the passenger seat, like draped over the passenger seat and the pig, pig mask on the headrest. Yeah. And. Just- he called. He called a, a non-emergency number or whatever he did, and a sergeant came and and had some interaction with them, and then removed it. Well, he so, was just. It was bad. It was no very, empathy. Like,
0: I mean, the, just like. Sorry, I'm just talking over you. But, no, no, I mean, you're it, fine. You're it aggravates fine. me sitting here talking about it. And it's like, now you're trying to portray professionalism and all that with your agency, and you got shit like this going on. It's like, come on, guys.
1: Well, and, and so for an update for that video, so the officer who had that on his passenger seat, he got a four-day suspension. And the sergeant wow. that responded and was pretty unprofessional got nothing. Um, and then I think, uh, from my intel that I heard the Lieutenant and the captain of that officer got written up. Uh, so I'm not understanding how the Sergeant who really, uh, that's not a proper representation of a, of a good transparent police department got nothing from that. Like no up, uh, with comments like I, I could see, I can see. Or, yeah, (laughs) I I think it's difficult for you to remain anonymous when you're in front of me. Like those comments, save that shit for later when you're when you're talking to your fellow sergeants and you're making fun of the guy. (laughs) You know, save that shit. It's just stupid, just stupid, stupid Uh, stuff, man. And it's uh, it gets better and better. That agency is like it's it's like the gift that keeps on giving, you know, I and mean, You know, then it's just it's but but I, I digress, which is the reason for this episode. So when you when you were a cop and you would go to a call for service and you would see uh, a young person that was. Fucked up. Like they're just they're mental not mentally fucked up. I mean they're just moral compasses fucked up. They're a shit bag. Mm-hmm. And you'd go to the same place over and over and over and you go, why is this person so fucked? And then and then you finally meet their parents <laughs> and you go You go, Oh I get it. <laughs> this makes sense.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. So don't no far fall far from the
1: tree. Yeah, you're you're like, oh okay, I can definitely see where where this person gets the R gene from. Um, you could break that down, what that R means. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying the word. Uh, but, you know, like, when when we talk about poor law enforcement leadership, I kept, I kept racking my brains out, and I'm like, how, how do chiefs and commanders get, to a point where they're just so beyond fucking repair. Like, how does it, how have we gotten to the point in law enforcement where things are fucked up? And then you have to peel the onion and you have to go, well, where are they getting it from? Where are they learning this from? Where, are, what's supposed what's to be the central, <laughs> yeah, central like, hub? We know it's not the DOJ. I mean, because, you know, it's the DOJ. So, well, but we're state and local. So, yeah, yeah, but so you f- know, federal, federal law enforcement's fucked up on their own. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You and I've had off, off ca- camera co- uh, commentary about it, and I, uh, mm-hmm. you know, judging from my LinkedIn, uh, you know, the FBI hit my fucking LinkedIn <laughs> every time. F- and, and, and I'm they're about them, mine now too. Yeah, well, they're doing a crossover because they're, they're yeah. family members of mine too, so. Oh, and nice. I'm not a conspiracy Welcome, theorist. Yeah, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it's pretty difficult to turn around and you know you make a post about something and then, like ten minutes later I'm getting an alert. I pay the thirty nine dollars to LinkedIn to know who touches my shit mm-hmm. uh, because I see every time somebody from my former agency is looking at my profile, and right. I just chuckle because I'm like, if you just if you want a job. Just reach out to me. You don't have to. (laughs) I can tell you no directly. Yeah, You you all know where I work. Like, just ask me if there's anything that's higher paying. And the answer to that is, is the custodian at my company makes more than the starting pay of a police officer (laughs) at my old agency. So, uh, yeah, we're hiring. But so long winded is, is that it's it when you look at um how these chiefs and how these commanders are, are are getting to this point now the sole blame doesn't land on this this organization uh because i believe you know individually it's your responsibility to further your your leadership training and not rely on one particular organization or company or or whatever to learn your training like you going to the na the national academy the fbi national academy and you think that that's going to make you a leader when you're done with that training like you're going to get out of it you get your yellow brick and then you're fixed that's (laughs) not the case and in any in most cases it's quite the opposite Mm -hmm. Uh, you have commanders that go to the na that are fucked up to begin with and then they get there and they become even more fucked up because their ego expands uh because they they They, you know, they go to this long training with a bunch of other quote unquote leaders and they, you know, they do a circle jerk for a couple months and then they get their yellow brick and they're like, oh, I made it. I'm in an elite group. No, you're not. No, you're not. Your agency selected you uh, because the National Academy allows a certain number of slots. Right. And they have to fill that slot. I know in my old agency, I would say probably about 90% of the leaders that they sent there had no Mm -hmm. business being there, and it was just lack of options. You had a, you know, you had a 350-pound commander versus, you know, 175 (laughs) soaking wet commander. They're going to send the 175-pound commander. Right,
0: because N.A. is very physical. Very physical. Yeah, so that's all they do is
1: workout challenges. So. Yeah, it's like running and all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I got a friend of mine that's there now. Uh, I mean, it's 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 rigorous in that sense, but when it comes, it's it's really more of a networking um, than it is about leadership development. And the NA doesn't really harp too much on, hey, we're gonna fix leadership within law enforcement. It's more of networking than anything. But this organization, right. that and, we're gonna. That, Push balls real quick, just yeah. so you know. I
0: wanted to go to NA when when See, I started down my leadership training. You know, when I told my boss that I wanted, he says, "What's your next step?" You know, I went to the Police Executive Leadership College here in Ohio, and it was a great course, and and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And we had some really wonderful speakers there. And he's wanted to go to this Certified Law Enforcement Executive or CLE. Wanted that that's kind of the succession there that the Ohio Chiefs Association has. And I'm like, no, I kind of either want to go to PSLA, which is a public safety leadership academy that the Ohio State Highway Patrol puts on, which is very similar to N.A., or I want to go to N.A. And you should have seen the look on my boss's face. looked thought he bit into a big sour wiener. <laughs> you want to go to PSLA? Yeah, I do. And I, you know, I've heard great things about it. I want to expand my horizons. And eventually I want to go to N.A., which my former chief. Uh, Tom Davidson, he's an N.A. graduate and, and another sergeant we had there who's well loved in our community. He he was also an N.A. graduate. So I wanted to follow along in those uh, in those footsteps for for, you know, because of the tradition of it. So when we're on here and we're talking about N.A., I don't want everybody thinking that, well, well you guys just couldn't go so you're bad mouthing. And no, that's not it at all. Mm-hmm. And if I'm hijacking, jump right in. No, but I think what our, our position is, is if you're a fucking prick before you go to NA, this makes you a super prick when you come out of NA, because now you're in, in what we talked about in, in my first episode here on a roll call room is how do you display your brick? Mm-hmm. It's not the fact that you got the brick. that's bad. It's, it's how you display it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it, we were chatting the other day and I really laughed and you said, when your email signature is longer than the email that you sent you're a prick <laughs> it's, a it's just waste problem. for you guys and we love our midnight cruise you know when you're going into the boss's office look around how do you how do you, if his email signature is this fucking long yeah you probably got one of these pricks if his brick is right on the front of the desk under glass on a mahogany base yeah this is these are, are signs to recognize it's like any other police training, you know, these are the signs to recognize, you know, how do I know I have a meth head? Well, look at their skin and their broke up teeth. You know, that's probably a sign. So sorry. Yeah. I, I jumped down a rabbit hole
1: there, but no, go. no, you're good because, um, and we discussed this, I think a similar episode is, is I, I did, I got my trilogy with FBI Lita Academy. So I did all yeah. three. Um, you know, I was on the path to go to NA, uh, had I have gotten promoted to Lieutenant, which was, inevitable that it was gonna happen up until what happened with me. And mm-hmm. um you know, I would have went to NA. Um, but I had drank the Kool-Aid hardcore. I went through FBI leader academy and the supervisory class was the best one out of the three. The other two, which is command leadership training and executive leadership training, fucking joke. Just joke. Really? Just really? an absolute joke. It was <clears throat> it was compounding Uh, what's already wrong with law enforcement. It would, there was no forward thinking. There was no breaking the mold. It was more of like, Hey, you know, you have to recognize that you're going to have difficult people, difficult subordinates, and this is how you overcome it instead of empathy and understanding and, and understanding that the generation of law enforcement is changing. Like, Right, You know, the same way we were the the way that we raised kids 20 years ago is not the way that we're raising kids now. You have to adjust according to the generation and the new generation Mm -hmm. of police officers that are coming in. They're not going to respond to you know, um, spray, spraying O.C. in the vents because you didn't fucking fill the car up with gas. You know. and, and, the, no, and I, always, the, I
0: always took a swab and put it on the back of their locker lock, in the locker room. Yeah, I mean,
1: the shit that we used to do. So you open
0: your locker, you could take a piss. Yeah.
1: I mean, I remember first starting out in law enforcement and going to going to my sergeant uh, about something, and my sergeant was like, have you, has the squad tried to fix it yet? And I remember being like, <laughs> "What? What does that mean?" And then, I, I quickly learned that it's there was self-policing before a sergeant got involved, mm-hmm. and there is none of that now. Like, you cannot, you cannot curse out one of your fellow officers. You can't have uh, a locker room aggressive talk with a fellow coworker because you're going to be out the door. Like, they, it's they're just not going to respond to that. But, right. I want to get into the meat and potatoes of, of this episode, which is is we well, who we're talking about is the IACP. Um, you know, dun, dun, dun. we started talking about the <laughs> IACP. I want to say over a month ago, and then slowly some of our other, um, I would like to say our colleagues, like, like Scott and um, uh, which is which call uh, Yates, Mike Sigur, and Mike oh, Sigur. We were are slowly starting to talk about, hey, these guys are on to something because these these leaders, quote unquote leaders and chiefs or whatever you want to call them, they didn't just become this way. They've learned it. It's learned it behavior. So mm-hmm. I I personally have knowledge of the IACP because their headquarters is based out of Alexandria City, Virginia, where I used to be a cop. Oh. So okay. I've had interactions with them. They used to use our police department all the time for um when they were coming up with a project, they would use our police department to come in and interview officers about an issue or a topic. Yeah. Um and so all their initiatives and their special projects, they would always either come over to Alexandria or go to Arlington or go to Fairfax and they would basically use the department um as a lipness like, hey, we want to no. question five officers and get in, get opinions, and right. then you slowly learn that the IACP uh, is kind of like their organized crime in the sense where they're the biggest <laughs> game in town, um, and this that joke will make even more sense when you see a commercial, a thing that that Mark and I are doing. <laughs> And what what is is you can't become a chief of police without having some sort of webbing with the IACP. You have to be right. in bed with them in some sort of way for you to get a chief of police job. Let me back up majority of police job police chief jobs that are high profile uh or in um uh, politically motivated uh demographics of cities and and, and municipalities you have to be in bed in some way with them and what does that mean which is is that you either have to be a member uh, you have to know somebody in there there's a poll Mm -hmm. the IACP has got their tentacles on almost every major law enforcement uh, police chief process they are now dabbling in consent decrees which is major fucking money major major Mm -hmm. money I mean. If you don't know this if you if your municipality has to be on a consent decree, you are not getting a consent decree for less than a than less than a million bucks. Nobody is writing your consent decree for less than a million bucks and what is those of you that don't know like civilians that are listening you don't know what a consent decree is when your department fucks up or the public perceives that you've fucked up the d o g a mm-hmm. steps in and they say, you must be on a consent decree, which basically is. We're going to have, you have to have a plan where we watch over you for a period of time and we monitor everything that you do. You're not independent anymore. Right. Uh, you have to have a structured plan on this happened in Ferguson. I think Ferguson is still on a fucking consent decree. Yeah. And what it is, is that the DOJ has to sign off that the consent decree checks off all of these boxes that you're being fair and impartial. There's no racial bias. There's, a, I mean, there's a lot of structure. No, that, that that consent
0: to, in the city of cleveland is is still under that boot heel and they are just miserable you know once yeah. you, once you get those people in into your department it's it's like it's hard to get, get rid out. of a,
1: It's it's like getting rid of cancer yeah you know? it really is because they they, they, they regulate, are cancer on they regulate your hiring yeah. practices they they, mm-hmm. they they monitor promotions they do everything it gets to the point where it, you know, like when, when the defund the police movement was going on and and the one organization, which I will not mention, was he- heavy into the defending of police and they were like, well, no more local police. We have the federal government will police. Yeah, like if that's better. It's a prime example of what, mm-hmm. what it would look like if the DOJ was managing local law enforcement, which is yeah. – just absolutely terrible
0: you think it's fucked up now get the feds involved <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fucked with a six-pack of fucked <laughs>
1: well and, and what we're talking about in this episode specifically <laughs> with the IAACP proves that because the DOJ heavily relies on the IACP as an unofficial yep. arm of the DOJ to help I don't want to say regulate local law enforcement but uh, be a local resource, but where the water gets muddied is, is when money comes in when money. Yes. Comes in. And
0: well, and, and let me go ahead and finish your no, thought. I guess I'm no, going to throw it no, no, well, you we, in, through a past few episodes. If you've been listening in, you know, the, we, we've all been talking about what's this hive mentality. And I think it really came together for me with our interview with Michael sagru where we're talking about, um, his book and organically we got onto this, this, this topic and he was talking about how he was going for promotion and here it comes, you know, Oh, you gotta be a well-rounded. And he was talking about how his commander said, you need to go down to dispatch and, and, you know, make sure everyone likes you. And we had discussed in that episode and there was a couple other episodes about how, if I wanted to be a detective or if I want promotion, I had to kind of start selling my soul And you hear that a lot in a lot of police podcasts. That's, you know, it's not a matter of you're a fucking subject matter expert. You want to go out and you want to be an FTO because you're a fucking hard charger. And you're you're proactive. And you're getting dope and guns off the street, which is what we all signed up for, you know, because I did the same shit and I got the same speech. Sagru got the same speech. You got the same speech. And we're like, wait a fucking minute. We're all strung out across the fucking country. Where are these commanders learning this? And then I read an article that Yates put out and he was talking about uh, unicorn leadership. To mm-hmm. where you know where are we all learning this at? And, and in in Yates' article, he you know he was talking about that that now is a standalone leader versus management. So where are they getting this management at? And we when we several conversations on the sidebar that Nick and I had, um, it was like, wait a minute, everyone here is an ICP member, and so we kind of put two and two together, and it didn't take long yeah. to figure out that this is the hive. The hive mentality, and, and if you, well, you got a guy fucking up, write a policy. We'll show you how to write the policy. For so that's B. where we're going with this. Yes, B.
1: yes, yes. Go ahead. And, and so when I, when I when I said to you, <clears throat> I was like, you know what? I think I think the IACP is a five hundred c, and you were like, mm-hmm. I think they are. And what's a five hundred c? A five hundred c is a nonprofit organization. Nonprofit. Let me say that for the mm-hmm. third very crystal clear time a non profit organization okay yeah it, well,
0: it it's and, like uh you know jerry's kids it's it's make like a wish,
1: it's, make, yeah, a wish make a wish, a wish
0: foundation yeah. it is a non profit
1: organization that is not for profit but it is first of all it's tax free so you don't pay any tax as a five oh one three six okay mm-hmm. and your organization gets that tax free status because <clears throat> your mission is for the greater good and, and whatever or the IRS's thing is. But here's the thing about the five oh one three Cs, every five oh one three C must file a um they must file a nine ninety uh, form every year with the IRS and it's public. And I, you know, I'm the FOIA king. Um, <laughs> we should but I get you a crown. This says FOIA on the front. <laughs> I got like a one of Burger King. <laughs> like one yeah. of
0: Burger King crowns.
1: <laughs> it's a, a, a sidebar. I had somebody reach out to me um, that listens to the show uh, on asking me instructions on how to FOIA my old police department because I FOIA'd them so much. Uh, well, let me get back to this real quick. So I didn't have to FOIA this because it's it's public knowledge. And when mm-hmm. Mark and I had some sidebar conversations, I said, listen, some of these organizations, uh, I want to start talking about some of these organizations following the money. I want to start mm-hmm. talking about organizations that are supposed to prevent law enforcement suicide. I want to know where mm-hmm. that money is going. I want to start right. pulling tax returns. This was the first one that I pulled. And then I subsequently pulled other ones, including uh, a foundation out of my old police department. And it is amazing mm-hmm. what you see on these tax returns, yeah. because this is what the federal government gets. This is this is how they file their taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's always astounding to me to see where money goes. And I even was shocked about pulling the IACP's tax return. So much so that I took a screenshot of the first page and sent it to Mark and I said, You're never gonna believe this. <laughs> and I went,
0: whoa, wait, because I was driving and I remember getting and I'm like, I gotta pull over and read this. <laughs> yeah. Cause I zoomed in and I looked at the bottom right hand corner. I went,
1: What the actual fuck? Yeah. And you folks, I mean I'm building this up for a reason. So <laughs> like Sagrew and, and and Medlin and and Yates, when you guys listen to this and when you see it <laughs> on YouTube, um, reach out to me because it's this this episode is only going to be a fraction. I labeled this IACP part one episode because mm-hmm. I have a feeling that we're not going to be able to get this in for another, we had another 30 minutes left. We're not going to be able to get it in because there's just so much chock full of beautiful shit on here that... Oh. It's just, it's impossible, and and to be fair, as a fair investigator, I didn't just pull 2020's tax return. I pulled the last five years because I wanted to see how they operated during COVID. Because COVID hit a lot of places, and mm-hmm. it's interesting. It paints a very interesting picture, which is, is while everything else was slowing down in COVID, these organizations, the ones that I pulled, um, I'm not prepared yet to say who what other organization that's supposed to prevent law enforcement suicide or bring awareness. I'm not going to name them yet because I'm still in the middle of looking at all their stuff, but I will tell you this, it's coming because it's not looking good for you. Mm -mm. Um, It's amazing how during COVID they were thriving. The (laughs) IAC. Well, they got all that uh, COVID money. They did. They did. And then some. So when I look at, um, oh, the IAC. Did, did I did I throw that out too quick? Sorry. No, 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 not at all. When I look at IACP's nine ninety form, it says a brief uh, summary of what your organization is all about, and it says shaping the future of policing profession. Shaping the future of the policing profession. I'm I'm feeling I'm I'm feeling <laughs> that when you file twenty twenty one's tax return. <laughs> You're gonna change that after this episode.
0: So, uh, see when you said that, I had the same feeling as if kicking the
1: uh, end table leg in the middle of the night. So, this is a nonprofit, folks, and and yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do two things. I'm gonna say to the general audience, when it comes to contributions and grants for the IACP, which is a national organization, nonprofit. What dollar figure in your head do you have that the IACP took in um, for, let me go to 2020's tax return, because right now I was looking at 2019. See, here's
0: where I wish we had a live chat, you know, to where we can, hey, wake up, motherfuckers, or, uh, you know, hey, midnight guys, dial in. Uh, you know, cause I would like to pull the audience just take it, you know, cause I did this privately in, in some private conversations, like just, just give me a high number and what do you think? You know, this is where I'd like to have people start, out, you know, like give it, give us a guess.
1: Yeah. How much? So this, this tax return for 2020 was submitted on 8, 8 of 2022, um, one's tax return has not been submitted yet. So this is the most recent tax return available to the IRS, the 990 form by IACP. And when you look at contributions and grants of a national organization like that, them, I was thinking somewhere in the realm of maybe a million or $2 million, bringing in, bringing in grants and contributions. Mm-hmm. So Me folks too. get that number in your head, what you think is a national organization. And you might be listening to this and go, Nick, that's way too fucking low. And that's fine.
0: Yeah. I was thinking like half a million, like $500,000 500, would have been 000. a lot of money. That's okay, yeah. yeah.
1: So if I told you that the IACP last year, this year that they filed brought in $19 million, $19 million in contributions and grants, that'd be pretty high, right, for a nonprofit? That, yeah, yeah, that would be a, – that's a shocker number. Well, it gets me. even better is is the year before that they brought in $16 million. So they went from 16 to $19 million. Gets even better, folks. So, <laughs> on line nine, program service revenue. So, those are the programs that they run, that they organize. They're bringing in revenue for those programs. So, whatever special projects they have, or whatever they get local law enforcement or national law enforcement organizations to buy into, they have to pay for those services. Mm-hmm. This is a non, again, nonprofit organization, non- right? Nonprofit organization developing programs to better the law enforcement profession. That's what they said in their summary, right? They're bringing in ten million dollars a year just for that. <laughs> Damn. That's a that's a reduction because mm. the year before it was sixteen million they brought in, so <laughs> they lost six million bucks from last year to this year. Probably that's COVID. Um, yeah, that's that's a COVID loss, uh, but they were they're they're bringing it in. I never knew this about the IACP. They have assets and investments, uh-huh. nonprofit-having investments. Well, they made $684,000 on their investments this year. They made 395000 last year on their investments. So kudos to you. You benefited from whatever the stock. You doubled. Yeah, you doubled. Yeah, your yeah, you doubled yourself. yeah. And we're going to get to their assets later because it's a doozy. <laughs> so um so the total revenue that they brought in for that calendar year was 30 million dollars 30 million dollars three zero three zero, three zero. Right? um this is where things get really really interesting um this is a non-profit okay Majority of nonprofits. There's one in particular that I I remember being in the news was Wounded Warrior. Wounded Warrior got yeah. in a lot, oh, a lot, yeah. lot of trouble about two years ago, mm-hmm. where yeah. you had board members that were raking in enormous fucking salaries at a nonprofit. <laughs> so um, when you strap in, strap in, folks. Nick just took the safety plastic off of the KY. So they took in thirty million dollars again for for the for the cheap seats, and out of the thirty million, they paid fourteen point six million dollars um, in salaries and other compensation. S- say that number again. million in salaries and compensation. (laughs) And I want to emphasize on line 15 that says other compensation. We're going to get to that in a minute. Other. other, Oh, okay. okay? (laughs) Other. Okay. So um, the other part that gets interesting uh, is other expenses. Other expenses. It's interesting. $30 million they took in, $14 million in salary, and their other expenses is $15 million in other expenses. So their total expenses was $29.9 million, which means their revenue, according to the tax return, was $33,000 this year, or the last year that they filed taxes. So they took in $30 million. And they're saying mm-hmm. that at the end of all of their expenditures, like you balance your checkbook at the end of the year, out of 30 million, mm-hmm. you wound up in your pocket for you to go to the your box, profit <laughs> thirty three thousand dollars. okay and i know those All of right. you that are career investigators your fucking radar is going off hardcore right now because this is what what mark and i looked at on page one <laughs> we're only on page one, for- <laughs> and we're like rubbing our eyes going are we seeing this right so their total assets total assets that they that they have is 40.8 million dollars in assets their total liabilities four zero.
0: Four zero, four zero. Four 0 in assets four.
1: It's four zero point eight million <laughs> million. And their total liabilities is twenty four point two million, and their net assets at the end of that, like at the end of all their liabilities, they have sixteen point five million dollars in net assets. Net assets. So that's 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 pretty interesting. I want to go into. Is anyone else just as shocked as I am with these numbers? I'm going to skip to, we're going to, we're going to get to where their revenue comes from in a minute, but I want to emphasize on the heavy hitter, which is salary, which is salary, nonprofit salary, right? So you you need, you need a board for a nonprofit. You need to pay Mm -hmm. people in that nonprofit uh, but it's once mm-hmm. you pay them and, and all that stuff. So I want to I wanna go into that, which is, um, let me give you an accurate, let me go back up top. I want to give you an accurate picture of what their numbers are. They have total 47 voting members in the IACP, which is reasonable for That's an uh, odd number. Yeah, it's odd. I'm sure 47? there's some vacancies. I'm sure there's three vacancies sure. um, to make it 50. Um but even 47 right. to me for an na- international organization, 47 seems kind mm-hmm. of low to me, um, but whatever I, whatever make whatever float your boat, whatever you can do, I don't care right. Uh, total number of individuals uh, employed by the IACP is 186 employees, 50 volunteers. So <laughs> they got volunteers. <laughs> Uh, probably right. interns, probably people that are in in school for criminal justice um, or just retirees that, you know, are for the common good. And, you know, they, they want to. help. Sure. You. I paint that oh, picture yeah, because when you're when you when I name these, I want you to like have that in mind. Right. So the executive director who is Vincent Tucci, um, he is the, he's been there for a, a while, like as long as I can remember, he's been there. He's making an astonish, astonishing $567,000 a year. 567000 <laughs> Folks, think about that. So We're they're t- paying short. them half a mil. Right. They're paying them. Well, it gets even better. Hold on. Buckle up, folks. <laughs> You're pounding a cruiser. These people are directing the shitstorm above you. And yeah. these folks aren't even strapping on a vest. And they're telling your leaders how to do their jobs better. And you're mm-hmm. unfortunately reaping the benefits of that. And this guy's making five hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars. And then it gets even better. Is he's getting another whopping uh, eighty-one thousand dollars in in bonuses and incentives and shit like that. So he's got five. Yeah, I didn't make
0: that much money.
1: No, <laughs> that's
0: about what I made my last year in law enforcement.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he's got five hundred sixty. Uh, it says that he works an average of forty hours a week. He's an officer of the organization. So five hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars base salary, and then eighty-one thousand eight hundred eighty-four dollars in other compensation. So that could be so a medical. So how do you, that could be medical. So how record. do you get a bonus? How do you get a bonus being a nonprofit?
0: I mean, do you really? I, I, you I don't get, get it? that because if it, in, you know, you in, in it? my
1: mind, it. You know I'm sorry. You, it? you know how you get it? I'll tell you how you get how you how? get it. Tell me, brother. What you get how you get it is is your contributions and grants the year before is 16 million, and now you're at 19 million. So you take the 16 yeah. and the 19 and you minus that, and then what they do is that plus, they break it up and that's people's bonuses. So government grants mm-hmm. that the IAC, and I don't have any proof that that's the case, but I'm sure if I deep dove and, and fucking did some subpoenas. Um, I mean, the grant money that these these that the IACP is getting we're going to dive into where that's going later on in the, in the bottom part of their tax return, because they break down what their expenses are and it's going Uh to buckle up because it's going to make you sick. Because if that salary doesn't make you sick, (laughs) like his number two, who's the executive deputy executive director is making $306,000 a year, $52,000 bonus or other uh, incentive. The person underneath them, the number three in charge, director of policy and governance, is making one hundred and eighty-one thousand no. dollars with a fifty-two thousand dollars bonus. Uh, the director of finance, <laughs> director of finance, is making one hundred and seventy-nine thousand dollars with a forty-eight thousand dollars bonus. Director of Global Policing is making $178,000. $40,000 bonus. Director of Programs is making $182,000. Um, Director of Professional Development. They're, that's the person. That that's, guy. That's, that, that guy. Yeah.
0: 167. Is that the guy that says you have to be well-rounded? Yeah. You should be a well-rounded officer. Yeah.
1: 167,000. Assistant Director of Programs, $152,000. IT Administrator. IT administrator making one hundred and fifty five thousand dollars a year. Think about that, folks. You're out there pounding a the fucking cruiser, and this person's the director of IT administration, and he's making one hundred and fifty five thousand dollars. That's that's just sickening. Well,
0: I'm, I'm going to pause you right there. That's the problem, and reason why most of our shit don't work because our local municip- municipalities and, and agencies won't pay the IT director shit. Mm-hmm. So they're like, "Fuck you! It'll work when it works," mm-hmm. you know. And that's kind of way it was in my world, was it? <laughs> they wouldn't pay the IT guy nothing, so therefore none of our uh, none of our comm stuff worked with a fuck. So I don't have a problem with the IT director being that. What I have a problem with is that this is a non profit. And I don't know, maybe it's in the labeling. Maybe I'm just naive. Maybe I always thought non profit meant we're just there to uh, exchange dollars because you know when I was trying to create I'm, and still am. I mean, you know, just trying to create a nonprofit to get officers to Washington D.C. so they can experience it. Mm-hmm. And you know as well as I do, just going down for Police Week is very expensive. You know, it's fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, and uh, trying to trying to I don't say convince, but you know to present that to your wife, it's like, hey, you know, we want to go to D.C. to uh, memorialize. Uh, those that have fallen or you want to go to disney world with the kids guess what the disney world trip to the kids is going to win out every time but what i wanted to do was create this nonprofit to get guys down there so they can have the experience you know to start the legacy so i know what it takes to get into to to becoming a nonprofit. yeah and you know and to me correct me if i'm wrong i mean email mark at roll call com. um I always thought if you brought in a hundred dollars, you should be spending a hundred dollars. I mean, I- am I naive in that thought? I there shouldn't be if, a profit in a nonprofit. If you, I mean, I was a businessman, I was an entrepreneur. If you're,
1: am. if you're naive, so am I because I these blew me away and it paints a very very good picture. And you know, they always say follow the money, follow the money, and these tax returns. Ooh. It's it's this is this is what they put on their tax returns. Okay, right now we all know, wink wink. we know okay i'm gonna leave it at that but i i want to put a couple more nails in this coffin real quick okay
0: sure keep keep hammering away (laughs) that's what she said (laughs)
1: Well, technically, they are getting fucked right now. So,
0: <laughs> I know we all yeah. are getting fucked right now. <laughs> Do you feel? Your- Come on, we got to throw some comedy in here. God damn it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel your head swelling up, IACP? Because I'm mind fucking the shit out of you. Um,
0: now their face should be red right now. It's like, oh, those guys.
1: <laughs> you know, and the funny that part is Jack. is that I think the reason why nobody has brought this up is is because a law enforcement podcast would not bring this up because most of them still have their toe in the water. You know, they need right. they need the right. IACP for I don't need you for shit. I don't need you for shit. Well,
0: yeah, yeah, and and we don't need you for shit, but the problem is right now is that the facade's starting to crack. We're not oh, the yeah. you know, I think I think we're we're the ones that started the ball rolling. But there's mo- some momentum behind this right now, and there's some momentum behind because we're not the only ones that's questioning. Mm-hmm. You know, get out there and 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 get to reading. I'm not going to lead you to it on this episode, but uh, with the first there was a good pull-tip. friend of mine. Well, there, there's there's a friend of ours, and we're going to try and get him on the show. And I don't want to I don't want to blow her nut early, but uh, he shared an experience on social media. I read that you know where he he questioned IACP, and they blocked him. Mm -hmm. oh i'm (laughs) sure it's gonna former twitter i'm sure you know so they didn't like what he had to say so the guy fucking blocked him and he's like can you fucking believe this and he's you know so they're they're having chaos within their own ranks and where we kind of put our heads together since season six started is kind of like you know we talk about this hive mentality where's the hive well, here's the hive. You know, well you got a problem employee, create a policy. You know, it's on like, where's all this coming from? And and how did we get and we call it in the industry mission drift. Mm-hmm. You know, patrol is the backbone of the fucking agency. And uh if if you're not servicing those guys, the in and, and I had a good friend of mine in a large agency tell me one time, he went back to patrol, he'd been in, you know, detective and blah, blah, blah. And he says, You know what, Mark, the best job at the police department is being a police officer. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people, once they start getting, you know, this cool collar brass or whatever stripes on our, we forget about what it's like to be a police officer. I I loved going out and running and gunning as a Sergeant. I loved going out and backing my people up. You did. And that's where it really came together for me in the Michael Segrou interview is that we were all hard chargers. We were all self motivators. We all wanted to go out and do traffic stops. We all wanted to lead from the front, but somewhere we were told, you need to slow it down. Yeah, You need to be managing your people. You need to pull back and stop doing all that. Now, who the fuck says that? Well, I can tell you the leaders of years gone past never would have done that. Never would have done that. And I can tell you that, you know, when because I had my my people's like, yeah, man, go get the motherfuckers. You know, I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to help you process your paperwork. And, you know, the bad guys are the ones we wanted to, to fuck. And the good people you took care of, right? So where did that change? Because I can tell you the old boss, the true leadership are like, yeah, man, go get them. And that's what the citizens said. And I can distinctly remember speaking to my mayor when he's like, yeah, get them motherfuckers out of the city. And I'm like, you better talk to your fucking chief because that ain't the attitude that he's portraying. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, "Well, you know, our conversation right now probably shouldn't be happening. But I can tell you right now we're to be seen and not heard. And ladies and gentlemen, you spend a lot of money tax dollars for your police department why don't why aren't we supporting them and letting them go do their jobs? yeah, you know and speaking of tax dollars,
1: oh speaking of tax dollars, so <laughs> i mean they're, they're, they're grants that they took in sixteen point nine million dollars mm-hmm. um for this for this tax return. A lot of these grants, and I worked for a nonprofit. Uh, for wait, wait a minute! How much? Sixteen point nine million in grants. In government, yeah. And
0: grants. who 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 issued the grant? Well,
1: we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> How are we doing on time? <laughs> uh, we got about fifteen minutes, but uh, we're, we're okay. going to get to the point where. Uh, this is going to be a multi-episode, yeah, isn't it?
0: A <laughs> multi-part. All right. So cool. the
1: other part in 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 subsection uh, 8 of the 990, and I'm giving you these subsections because, again, you know, just like the media, is you should be looking up. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and go in Google and put IACP tax return, and you can access their it's 990. That simple. 90. It's that simple. And I'm telling you these sections because I want you, to literally go pull, it. you can pull it up on your phone, and in subsection yeah. um, on page nine, uh, you'll see where it says uh, subsection one f all other contribution gifts, grants, and similar amounts not included above. They took in two point one million dollars in other contributions, gifts, and grants. That's not grants. I could tell you that right now. Those are donations. Mm. Those are gifts. Those are some other like $2.1 million for a nonprofit and other contribution is concerning that. Where is that coming from? Uh-huh. Cause that's not chump yeah. changed. Uh, you could no. you can fund a small police department with that amount of money. Oh, easy. easy. So me... Or, or you could fund
0: mental health services. <laughs> <laughs> you jump in the gun, buddy. Instead of giving <laughs> jump sorry, in the gun. Guys, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> she tells me that all the time. I came too this, soon.
1: <laughs> this is where this topic of conversation comes up because when you look at the IACP, you look at what their focus is, you look at how they're trying to tackle Ooh. the epidemic with law enforcement mental health, and you see that they're yeah. not doing it. Hold on, I gotta get rid of my cat.
0: I was gonna say it looks like Kitty's back there. You move the stormtrooper helmet. I liked it up where it was before. Oh yeah, I need to. I need to bring Where it up. was sitting over your shoulder, my wife's like, "Who's who's in the room with Nick?" I said, "It's just a helmet." <laughs> um, you need to have it on a stick. No, I <laughs> oh, got like outside the bar there and Tatooine. I'm slowly decorating my office Sorry. too, like. <laughs> see you look like my bourbon and my booze collection everybody thinks i'm an alcoholic yeah. so. if i
1: wasn't on the road more more times than not i would so i want to i want to bring in we're on the page 9 of their revenue and this this rings true so this is how we're going to wrap up the episode so i'm going to give you these figures uh you, there's certain tiers of their membership um for you to join the IACP it's like kind of like the NRA there's you know a, a um, associate member there's a lifetime member uh, you know there's all different kinds of memberships so they're bringing in in this tax return they're bringing in 3.6 million dollars a year in membership fees 3.6 million dollars mm-hmm. in membership fees okay so before they even unzip their pants every year <laughs> That's free money coming in just to be a member. Yeah, just to be a member, right? And their membership ain't cheap. Okay,
0: so let's so let's break this down. I mean, just I, I'm, I'm sorry, I I can't contain myself. No, you do it. <laughs> so the membership fees are paid by chiefs of police, police departments, right? Yeah, or or chiefs of police. Um, they're funded by individual tax, dollars, individual tax dollars. Local tax dollars, correct? Okay. All right, well, so well, we get. I just want to keep everyone on track of where this money is coming from.
1: Well, where that gets interesting too is this: they not only have, um, they not only have uh, membership, but every year mm-hmm. we make we make fun of it all the time. Um, they not only have their membership fee, but we make fun of it, which is every year they have a conference. They're circled. They're circle right. jerk conference every year <laughs> they pick a really nice area um mm-hmm. and and they they go there a vacation destination yeah, it's always a, vac- a vacation yeah. it's always a vacation destination man it's never sure. um it, it, it's it's never like in, in fucking ferguson or, or, or Baltimore. <laughs> right.
0: In, in- yeah, you're not going to Baltimore. But it, I, okay, I, w- I want to jump in here. So I'm going to be on both sides of the bread and very, I'm going to butter on both sides of the bread and be very contradictory. So I know that uh, when I was uh, in private practice, I guess you would say, or when I was to my own business, is that, you know, yeah, you pick those vacation destinations like Orlando. We're going to have our conference in Orlando. And, uh, you know, the conference runs Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So you either show up the week, the weekend before, okay, the Friday before and stay all weekend and then start the conference or you stay the next weekend Mm -hmm. and you have your family come down. Does that make sense? I mean, that's kind of a perk of the job or a perk of, of going to seminars and, and further growth and all that, you know, that's why Vegas is such a, uh, a destination city as well, because, you know, you can go out there and have some fun after you work. So trying to find that, uh, work-life balance. So on one end of the spectrum, I want to scold them, but on the other end, I'm like, I can kind of see that because, you know, being in a, in a management position, you know, you're not out pushing the car around. I mean, you're, you're, you're responsible for big decisions. So I'm not, go ahead.
1: But what I have an issue with, and I'm going to dime out my, my, um, the chief of police at my former agency that just went to the conference, (laughs) he goes there and he spends an extra three days there on the taxpayer's dime. The conference is over on a Wednesday. He's flying out on a Sunday.
0: The city of
1: Alexandria taxpayers are paying for him to stay there. So that's a form of theft. To me, that's embezzlement.
0: If that's the case, I, I, I don't have any proof of that. You know, my thing is, is that the, I'll let the city pay for the three days at the conference and I'll pay for the other three days out of my own. That's, the, that's the right how it way to do it. Be, right.
1: but that's the right, right way to right
0: do it. But, yeah. I, w- but I would like to.
1: While you were talking, I, I went ahead and I went on IACP's website. The tier one membership per year is $190 a year and a tier two membership mm-hmm. for sworn officer is $75 a year. So, take the hundred and ninety and seventy five dollars to get the three point six million dollars. There's a lot of fucking membership. that's a lot all mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so every year they have a um they have a conference. Let me tell you what the so get a figure in your head of how much revenue you think they bring in for that conference folks okay got it okay. Now this is a conference where they bring everybody together, and it's and remember their mission is to further the profession, right? So they have this conference, and they charge vendors to to come and sell whatever they're peddling to chiefs of police, who get you know a kid in a toy store eyes glowing, and they go, oh my god, look at this fucking, look at this drone. <laughs> I guess it can jerk me off <laughs> while it's up in the air. Yeah, I want that. So, right. They bring in 2.1 million dollars in their annual um conference. Now, this one this one makes me this one makes me chuckle, which is training and c- consulting. You're a nonprofit and your mission is to further <laughs> and you're making 1.6 million dollars off of your training that you give. So you're yeah. making money off of the training that you should be doing as a nonprofit for free. But if that doesn't tickle your pickle. <laughs> Give it a squeeze. Subscriptions, <laughs> line D. They make $1.5 million off of subscriptions. Now, I don't know how this one in line E even equates, um, which is, is they make advertising revenue. I think it, it, it i actually let me take that back. I do whatever's on their website for you to have a banner to sell or whatever you're selling um mm-hmm. or one of their newsletters or, or I don't know in their fucking yellow pages i don't I don't fucking know they make seven hundred and forty eight thousand dollars a year from their advertising, so they're totally like
0: their chief's directory so, yeah you know, if I'm so. looking up. My former agency. You want to know who the chief yeah, is? And, and you'll see Act I know One they're...
1: on there. They charge them like fifteen hundred dollars for a three by three ad or some shit like that. But seven hundred thousand dollars. Again, if you just took the advertising income that they that they had and their subscriptions, you'd have enough right. to fund some sort of cop line initiative for law enforcement suicide. Wow. I I bet they never thought of that. Well, it would cost money. So what are we so. up to now? Eighty, we're up to eighty-eight police suicides so far this year. Yep. So they brought in uh, on and, program service revenue, they brought in ten million dollars. Ten million. That's on top of whoa. what they've already <laughs> what they've already brought in. Um. <sighs> go ahead.
0: David. Well, well other- you were talking about salaries, and I I don't want to get ahead of your agenda. I have no agenda. Did, did we just, did, I know, but did we talk, well, we did, we talked about what their CEO made and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, what, sorry, I'm scrambling my thoughts. It, it, just a third of that, you know, what are you offering out there? And I'm a big advocate of, and this is what I would like to see in the future is that, there should be no cost mental health services to your members. No cost. Mm-hmm. It's just like it should be a part of my healthcare package, just like dental and vision. That should be a part of it. And it doesn't matter if you're fire police or EMS. That that should yeah, I know you're laughing. No, I'm laughing because I
1: just be, saw something on their tax referendum. Go ahead. Go. Oh, share it. <laughs> I'm I'm scrolling through as you're talking because I, I, you know, I have ADD (laughs) like you, so I'm thinking, I'm looking for the next speaking point and I'm, and I go, Uh okay, let me give them the benefit of the doubt. Like they spent $780,000 in travel for the year, which for an organization (laughs) that size, I'm kind of surprised it's not more money, but anyway, $780,000. And I'm like, I'm like, well, they're probably flying around, flying their, their, their folks that are doing conferences and training Right. Uh, you know, to get better skills, the only way you become a better trainer is to go to training and learn how to further right. your 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 skill. And I look at line C, uh, on on page page ten. I look at line C. Professional development costs. They spent fifty five thousand dollars on professional development, <laughs> folks. <laughs> if that doesn't tell you why law enforcement is so fucked up. A national organization, an international organization, who brings in that kind of revenue, spent $55,000 on professional development.
0: There, was, is, it, is it their lowest line item? It, it, it is one of their <laughs> lowest line items. Professional development, we only spend, we bring in, 000. what did you say? How many did they bring in? $30 million, but yeah. they only spend 55000 55, on professional development. It's incredible man if that doesn't say at all <laughs> I, I just you heard it here first officers yeah, this just came along organically i did not know that was there no i and didn't I, study
1: it like... that wasn't even one of my highlighted things on the tax return it just happened to catch my eye um <laughs> it, you know and and i don't i'm not i'm <laughs>
0: well why do you need to develop something when you know it all yes that's a bad thing about know it alls it makes those of us who do look bad
1: well i i mean to to sum up part 1 folks i think the reason why we did this episode and i think there's definitely we're going to do the second part to this one which is is that there's <laughs> there's so much to to unpack in this tax return yes because You can, when you follow the money, you can see where things are going and where they're not going. You can see that a nonprofit is not a nonprofit. Um, Mm -hmm. You can see that they're bringing in an enormous amount of money and grants, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and and just advertising dollars. And this conference, in part two, we're going to go into how much they spend to make that mm-hmm. to I think it was 2.8 million. They make off of that conference. I think that's what I said, but we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll double check, but how much they spend on that conference to make $2.8 million is mm-hmm. astounding because they break down their expenses for these conferences because they got to pay people to set up those booths. Um, they have a oh, professional yeah. production company come in for lighting and, and, um, audio and video professionals, mm-hmm. you know, so when they announce, uh, who they, they just had that guy from Ted talk at their last conference, uh, Simon Sidnick or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. So when they announce him, they do like a big, you know, Disney grand opening fucking light show for him. Oh
0: them. yeah. You got the background music and you got the lighting and you know, it, it's just like if you're not spent in and, and there again, I'm not knocking, the production side of doing a conference. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause you, you know, when I was uh, in my travels throughout my career, <clears throat> the good conferences are the ones you remember and, and where you get the most out of. So what I'm not doing is I'm not bad mouthing the fact, you know, you come up with a venue. You, you, well, and the venue's not free. You have to pay for the convention center. That's how they make money. And yep. you have to pay for their staff to be there. And then you have to pay for the lighting production and the sound and the you know, everything else and the people to come in to put up the backdrops and you have to pay to have that stuff made. None of that stuff is free. So when you show up to a conference, it isn't like that, uh, you know, that shit's free. And when I was on the police advisory board, you know, and Ford was trying to navigate, you know, through their ups and downs and profit and losses, like one year we never left Dearborn. We stayed right there. And, and all the guys were like, oh, there's cheap asses, you know, Rrr. it's like, well, they, it costs money to do fleet preview, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, but the whole time I was with Ford, it was a wonderful experience, but on the other side of the coin, they are not a nonprofit Ford motor company is a for-profit company. Yep. Um, so being exposed to that, being around that, knowing the venue, knowing where you're at, you know, so you got to kind of wind and dine your customers a little bit, but this is a nonprofit. We're the police. We, we and I still consider myself we, although I'm a non-commissioned person, um, taxpayer-funded. And that's kind of where I'm coming from, is that all of this, one way or the other, from a non-profit, you're not profiting. You are funded, ultimately... On the taxpayer dime,
1: In every million, police department, ten point four million. In and and I'm reading it from their thing. They last year they got fifty federal grants. They they put it in page two in part three, <laughs> and this is what it says in line four: a federal grants. Hold on one second. First, first of all, <laughs> whoever prepared this. There is a thing on the keyboard. It's a long, skinny button right in the middle of the keyboard. It's called the space bar. It's okay. it's okay to use it. You don't have to pay for it. Jesus Christ. Federal grants, the IACP works collaboratively with several federal agencies on issues and topics that are important to law enforcement profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, great verb, like, like And its stakeholders. Preventing police Right. Yeah. The federal agencies that the IACP works with include the U.S. Department of Justice, the U.S. Department of Transportation, the U.S. Department of State. The IACP worked mm-hmm. on, on more than 50 federal grants in fiscal 2021 and, and produced important resources for the field and conducted trainings for law enforcement personnel that's what they have in their line for making 10 million dollars in grants. So well, okay. That's just one. That's just one. I don't want to go into the other two lines yet because that'll be part 2 because they reference the, the <laughs> conference um and they also inc- um they also reference a, a policy center and that's where the consent decree thing comes in. So I don't want to unpack the that policy center. Yeah. I don't
0: There's where that. it's that's at. That's where
1: the, that's where, that's where they're next. Like the next five years, mm-hmm. you're going to see that revenue jump exponentially in the next five years because the mm-hmm. IACP think is thinking ahead, uh, as a nonprofit profit. Um, they're thinking, wh- where do we get our big bang from? Consent decrees are huge. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, acceptance and inclusion and equality and all that stuff—that is the big money maker. What's not a big money maker is preventing people, law enforcement officers, from blowing their fucking brains out. That's not problem. Mm-hmm. That's not beneficial for them. And and what I'm what, what reason why I brought this tax return up and why we're going to do a couple episodes on it is is that. When you're sitting in your cruiser at 2 a.m., because the majority of our listeners are around midnights, when you're sitting in that cruiser and you're wondering why Lieutenant no. so-and-so or Captain so-and-so or Chief so-and-so is so fucked up, I just laid out an enormous, Mark and I laid out an enormous amount of evidence to prove that the folks that are above that are directing these people have one thing and one thing in mind. And I'll put a challenge out to the IACP because they're going to watch this or listen to it. Mm-hmm. Here's my here's my thing for you. Prove me wrong by your your executive and your board members to take a 50% pay cut for the next year and take your salary and put it into law enforcement suicide prevention. I dare you. And you won't. You well, won't.
0: throw it out there one more. You're welcome on. Oh, that's never going to. Reach out to us. No block well i never say never you know or just like the james bond movie never say die yeah you guys are welcome to come on the roll call room and, and speak to us uh our emails are out there reach out to nick it's nick at roll or mark with a c at roll call com. uh we're not gonna stand here and and just take a, a pool cue and smack the hornet's nest um you know we're bringing the receipts and, and what is the problem right now nick just said it you midnight people we love you guys uh we were midnight folks forever so you know that you're part of my blood and my DNA. Mm-hmm. uh and when you're sitting around wanting to know why this guy's twisting your fucking nuts and oh now you're under an ia and then now you're thinking what the hell did i do to deserve this i'm just out doing my job and now i'm getting persecuted mm-hmm for doing my job. You know, what do you guys want me to do? Sit here and do nothing. You know, how many times you said that? So where's this all coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, what are we doing actively to prevent police suicides? And I'm going to finish my rant was that this should be a no cost to the member service is your mental health services. It should not be transactional. Yeah. It shouldn't be that I have to go through a list of therapists and Try and find a first responder therapist because you know i'm I'm getting calls and in in chats with with first responders that oh yeah, I went to doctor so and so and I told them about a b C and d and my job and and they were in tears when I left because you know the first responder fucked up the therapist, you know, so you know that that's so many different layers to that onion, but we shouldn't be paying for mental health services you know it, it, there's there's every reason in the world why we as first responders are fucked up having said that why isn't mental health services part of our our healthcare package it should be just the same as as dental as vision whatever uh it shouldn't be oh well you get five visits so i can tell you right now i've been in therapy since 2010 uh i'm not done um matter of fact i got an emdr session coming up next week after the holiday um with my therapist so it's ongoing you know they're like oh well this is curable no it's not you know i i've a 10 of 10 with ptsd uh i went through the process of the stellar ganglion block which is wonderful shout out to the chip terry fund um but i don't i'm not seeing that in this tax return i'm not seeing. you know they're talking about education what are we doing to prevent police suicides you know and i was just infuriated on the shield within where we interviewed a subject uh that's in the office of uh, mental health, and right after that we had a, an Ohio officer go home and kill himself, you know uh Los Angeles county Sheriff's Department, what they had four, one active duty, and three retirees kill themselves within two days. That's horrific, yeah, and it's and it's and, you know and everybody's just like, eh, well, whatever, you know, like what I brought up in uh one episode um I was talking with Doctor David, and I said, "Oh, back in the day, you know, he never had so many people with gun cleaning accidents because that's what it was back in the day. Yeah, it wasn't labeled. You know, the guy went home and fucking blew his brains out cleaning his gun. Really? You know, we we are experts in weapon safety. (laughs) (laughs) I never believed that. I always thought that was horseshit that they were
1: just framing it. So, yeah, New York City was famous for that. it's
0: Nothing new. Yes." But, yes and and they didn't address it, but I, just like it never happened i
1: i will sorry no, no, you are good. You're good. I, i'll say this to to kind of close us out too is is if you don't think it's politically motivated this organization um i mean this 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 tax return is just it's 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 the who's who um like why IACP, a nonprofit for law enforcement, is spending a million dollars in lobbying non-taxable income—the non-taxable amount they spend a million dollars lobbying, and the lobbying mm. expenditures that they that they spend yearly. I'm just going to give them to you real quick. 2017, they spent seventy-seven thousand. 2018, they spent one hundred twelve thousand. 2019, they spent one hundred fourteen thousand. 2020. For this current tax return, they spent $128,000 in total lobbying expenditures. Man, that's a lot of money a lobbying. for lobbying. $1.1 $1. 1. Yeah. $1 million. So a million dollars that's non-taxable, about $128,000 is taxable. So the way that the nonprofit okay, is here. allowed to work is, is your maximum amount that you're allowed to not pay tax on is a million dollars. So they spent that million dollars, non-taxable and then there was the lobbying ceiling amount total expenditure
0: so so i'm a i'm a new officer i don't understand what that lobbying means could you break that down to uh for us uh people like me that don't understand what that means i've
1: always heard lobbying but
0: what exactly is so that so would
1: i what i i know somebody that's in the lobbying business um for for a union and what their job mm-hmm. is is that they Set up meetings with Congress people that are friendly to mm-hmm. your to your mission or to what you're selling. So let's take IACP right. out of it. I own a okay. I own a a corn. I'm part of a corn conglomerate of people uh, of corn farmers. Mm-hmm. What I do is I go up to Congress people. There's an agriculture bill that's about to come up, or I want a bill to be introduced to cut the cost of um, grain or, or whatever it is that I that I feed my cornfield with. And my job as a lobbyist is to go up to Washington, D.C. and meet with these Congress people and say, hey, listen, we would love for you to support our bill. And then what I do is, is I say, hey, I can get you on the back end. What does that mean? I can get you on the back end because we contribute to a PAC. We contribute to... You're a, a re-election pack, and we'll make sure that you benefit from that pack. It's it's bribery. I mean, it's there's no other way of right. putting. I mean, I can't.
0: Pack stands for political.
1: Yeah, pull, political action committee. Like, I can't yeah. sugarcoat it anymore. Lobbying is basically. It's like you do me a favor, I do you a favor. It's very rare that a congressperson yeah. or a senator will turn around and go, oh, you want me to vote uh, for this agriculture bill? Sure, why not? What does it do to benefit <laughs> me and my constituents? And more likely it's what does it do, do to benefit me, not the constituents. Me. They, they yeah, fuck them. They what am I getting out of this? But my whole thing is is that if they're spending $1.1 $1. 1 million in lobbying, what are they lobbying for? Mm-hmm. Because i got to tell you, folks that are sitting, you know, Sitting in a beat car right now. Have you been benefiting a lot lately from fucking anything that's been going on? Where's that money going? Right. And i venture to tell you this, and I'm putting myself out on a, on a limb here. I bet you that lobbying is lobbying for more grant money. That's what that lobbying is yep. for. That is making oh, sure yeah. because they don't earmark grants anymore. Back back in the day, uh-uh. every year, nonprofits like this were automatically earmarked. For dollars for grants. So you didn't have to put in uh-huh. every year uh-huh. uh, what you were going to do with the money, how you're going to spend it, all that. You didn't have to do that. You would just earmark. Right. That went away during the Obama administration. So now every year, um, nonprofits, specifically for DOJ grants, have to put in every year for a nonprofit. All the IACP does is they just change the date and they resubmit the mm-hmm. same thing because nobody's doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And nobody is internationally recognized like the IACP. So they are earmarked. Right. It's just you're not earmarked for the same dollar amount. Year to year, you know, this year might be $10 million, Next year might be $5 million, mm-hmm. or or $100,000. Right. And that's scary for a nonprofit because when you're making $580,000 a year in salary and you not knowing <laughs> what the federal government is going to give you from year to year, it's pretty scary. Right. So you're going to spend $1.1 million to make sure that your name is mentioned in these subcommittees for DOJ and all these other organizations. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, is the IACP yep. has got DOJ by the balls because the DOJ can't go anywhere else other than the IACP. They're, the FOP is not mm-hmm. prepared to do what the IACP does. They're not. They're, right. they're a national organization, but they're nowhere near close to the IACP. Um, so they got them by the balls because they gotta give this money away. As that's how the federal government works, is there's grant money that has to be given away. It's use it or lose it. Right. And right. the IACP is just fucking cleaning house. You look at this tax return. I mean, Mark and I just just touched the absolute tip of the iceberg with <laughs> uh this stuff. Um and that wraps up for this episode. Um, and we're excited to do the next one. Uh, and we will try and get the next oh, yeah. one, the second part to this, probably a week after or two weeks after we get this one out. Uh don't want to keep you hanging too much, but uh I hope you enjoyed this particular episode. Uh the to sum this all up and, and we'll do a better summary on part two or three. I don't even know how many parts we're gonna do to this. <laughs> as many as it takes, as they say. <laughs> Is this. And I said it at the beginning of the episode. The reason why your kid is so fucked up is because mom and dad are meth heads and they just fucking. (laughs) they're they're just, you know, they're just fucking in public and they're just doing everything that they should be doing. And this is this is a clear indicator. Like you look at this thing and I remember looking at it the first I've looked at this tax return at least 100 times. I remember looking at it mm-hmm. the first time and if we could publicly release mine and Mark's text messages to each other, it was, there were a lot of <laughs> big eye emojis where we were like, what the fuck? Like, it's <laughs> just, shit. if I did this and I was a nonprofit for, for like some kids youth program or some shit, I'd be, I'd yeah. be audited. I'd be in I'd a be, lot be, of I'd trouble. Be, yes, yes. Yes. And if yes. you're not fired up about this as a, as a patrol officer, you should be like this is if i had known this stuff when i was back in law enforcement i would be fit to be fucking tied so when these clowns come to your fucking agency and they want to use your agency for like lipness testing and stuff like that like i said before i'd be indignant Mm -hmm. to them because they are um they are wolf in sheep sheep's clothes 100 percent um and if at at a minimum this sparks some sort of conversation with them justifying why they spend what they spend, great. We accomplished what we wanted. Or just put your head in the sand like you continue to do about law enforcement suicide. That's fine. That's that's perfectly fine. But the mm-hmm. show has always been about one thing, which is transparency and, and being truthful and being honest uh to the listeners. And that's where it is. And this is just the beginning. Like there's two more organizations that I'm I'm already looking at their shit and it's it's not as good as this one, like it's not comical as good as this one, but it certainly brings into right. question uh, how much you're bringing in versus how much you're spending. And then your, your your mission statement is to prevent law enforcement suicides, but you're spending a shit ton of money on stuff that has nothing to do with preventing law enforcement suicide, like stuff like that, or police organizations right. that are taking in boatloads of money. Um, and what are they doing with it? like? it's just it's, it's it's just bad it's bad transparency like you can't turn around and, and hold people accountable out on the street uh for cursing at citizens and doing stupid like just stupid <laughs> shit but meanwhile behind closed doors you're fucking <laughs> you're putting tax returns out like this like this is just bleak right like just bleak what close us out mark uh tell us uh you know give us words of wisdom <laughs> you realize you're talking to me right
0: um and, and to all crews out there man take care of one another um nick and i made it to made it out and we're on the other side you do have a voice mm-hmm. um podcasts like this are are cropping up everywhere um nick uh i always want to appreciate your leadership you, buddy in in doing this because you know the roll call room is the original gangsta oh gee um and there's been several other police podcasts that have come out and modeled the roll call room. And that's real evident because just go down Nick's resume and see, Oh, he was a guest on this one. He was a guest on that one. And including my show, the, you know, the shield with Love it. Um, So, you know, and, and there's really good ones. And then there's some that did like eight episodes and gave it up, mm-hmm. you know, doing a police podcast or a police really podcast is, is difficult. I mean, you have to have the passion and the drive to do it. And and I appreciate Sharing the console and the microphone with you, thank you, buddy. Uh, as many as we can, you know our our commitment to you as the listener is to try and get at least two shows out to you a month, if not more. Uh, Nick and I both work, uh, and it's it's very busy because we start this. You know, I text him what, what time five oh five this morning. Hey man, yeah, he's like yeah. yeah I've I my
1: coffee in my hand, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. locked and loaded. Yeah, locked, locked and loaded. loaded. So there is a lot of uh, a lot of organization. This a lot of money you need to spend on this. But at the end of the day, we do this for you guys because we love you guys. We were those guys in the cruiser, and uh, I got all melancholy in the last episode where Nick was talking about my first interaction with the roll call room. It was at one twenty in the morning when I text him, and I just left a dead body call. And I'm like, hey, and then roll call room was on because it was always playing in my cruiser at night because you know my boss liked to check in on me and see what I'm doing yeah. through the camera system. Yeah. Anyway, um, take care of one another. Um, keep your head straight. Remember, practice the four Fs: family, faith, friends, favorite activities. Keep that work-life balance. Don't let the PTSD creep in and where you self-isolating and sitting at home drinking, watching sports, and when people call, you don't do anything. Remember, keep friends that are non-law enforcement or non-fire. You know, they keep you keep you real and they keep you grounded. I was speaking with uh, one of my former officers who quit because the chief fucked him. So he's now working for the uh, another government agency. But, uh, you know, he always had that good work-life balance. And when he was off work, he left the radio at work. He left the uniform at work. He, he, and he would even leave his cell phone there. But I'm like, bro, you have to take that home. I mean, you don't have to keep it on you. Just keep it with you. Yeah. But, uh, no, he's like, no, when I'm home, I'm home. When I'm at work, I'm at work and i don't blend them and i used to think how do you do that because i was the type of guy that you know i see a guy out on a cry scene, i'd roll up hey man you good you need any help or you know i was always i was a cop 24 7 i mean not, it, it, but that was the mentality that i was brought up in is that this is a lifestyle and then you you know you, it chooses you you don't choose it and all those other cliche terms but at the end of the career what it did was it fucking burned me out yeah. and it not having a good work-life balance, you know, next thing I know, I'm in my honor guard uniform with my 40 in my mouth. And I'm like, how the hell did I get here? Well, and again, we didn't have mental health services. We, you know, if you did that, you're weak. You know, people that go to uh, therapy, you know, you're you're fucked up. And, and instead of trying to preserve this guy or gal, they wanted to fire yeah. you. So, and and that's true today. You know, you don't dare tell anybody I'm having troubles because, oh, well, you're a problem officer, so, you know, we're going to discipline the fuck out of you to run you out the door. Instead of saying, hey, man, why don't we send you down to, like, Windmill Wellness Ranch in in, uh, uh, Canyon Lake, Texas, and and get your fucking head straight and come back, because we've invested tens of thousands of dollars in you. But you don't hear that stuff from these conferences, do you Nick? of how to how to ongoing therapy and, and how to take care of your people. Yeah, no, I mean
1: I, I had these I had these tax returns when they were doing their last conference and that's a little insight as to why I was so indignant on some of our, our episodes while that conference was well when it was leading up to the conference and while the conference was going on. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. you know and then to hear from a, that my former agency, like my the chief that's there now staying there three four days longer on the taxpayer's dime it's just you know stuff like that like you just you just like i i got pushed out for what i got pushed out for but this guy is clearly ripping the taxpayers off is just absolutely astounding um so
0: spending more money that they're than they were accusing you but couldn't prove that you took (laughs)
1: 1100 bucks you flush more money down the fucking toilet than eleven hundred bucks washed away your so career. That's what mine boiled down to. Eleven hundred bucks, he's and I, he
0: probably spent that in three days at yeah, the hotel because yeah. it's usually three or four hundred bucks. Now, a on night. top of
1: the fact that I almost spent close to ten thousand dollars of my own money doing community events, but eleven hundred bucks is what got me pushed out. Uh, it's yeah isn't that amazing
0: there. how much money you spend out of your own pocket and everybody's like what Can
1: you, even,
0: you, you know, do that fuck that i wouldn't do that man well it's because you don't have a successful program yeah.
1: barbecues uh take propane and propane ain't cheap right and so you add 25 dollars right. every time to do a barbecue that adds up real real mm-hmm. fucking fast and then that's just the tip of the iceberg Definitely. ice cream um you know Icicle pops, hot dogs, dogs, buns, you know, I owned a DJ company, um, you know, doing free events for them, doing photo booths for them. I mean, just, just non, just nonstop stuff. Um, it just, uh, i'll go down a rabbit hole but i gotta take a poop anyway so <laughs> we're wrapping yeah. up but um <laughs> listen uh, reach out to me at nick at rollcallroom.com or reach out to mark at m-a-r-c-k-m-a-r-c mm-hmm. at rollcallroom.com right. more importantly like and share that's the big thing like and share um you know you're listening to it on patrol get a buddy get them on specifically this episode, you're going to want to spread this one. Uh, check us out on YouTube, right. our YouTube channel. We, we put all these videos up there. This one in particular, you're definitely going to watch. You don't want to watch on video. Uh, Cause I'll put up, <laughs> I'll put up snippets of the, of the screens that I'm talking about to so see. It's more a validation than anything. It's more of like, Hey, we're not bullshitting you. This is legit. This is real. Go on Google, type in IACP tax return, And you should be able to get the last five years at a minimum and just scroll through it. And then I guarantee you, you're going to be on your phone looking at it and going, holy shit, Nick and Marco fucking right! This is crazy. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, they always come back and say we're yeah, right. That's my that's my favorite <laughs> part is getting a message. See, see, see we're the <laughs> we're the trendsetters yeah. here. You know, that's where I was going with that earlier, and I and I digressed off. You know this this podcast is the original gangster. We're the OGs, and and Nick has the fucking cojones to stand up and oh, say, "Hey, I look at this, man! I paid for know, it." Um, well but you know what what happens you know poor law enforcement leadership or management they're not leaders Mm -hmm. is what contributes to a lot of police suicides and in 2019 when the roll call room was born you were the first one to say no you people suck this manager's a fuckhead you know this guy's fucking insane he has no business being in management but through attrition you pushed him along and that was just so offensive but uh, you know and, and then up until that point police podcasts were like oh well the clock model 19 is a great yeah. gun you know it's all like
1: old stories exactly and, uh, and, yeah
0: the job yeah, great blah, and, blah, and, blah. and
1: listen the job is great and everything but i the, the is funny great. part was is getting pushed out thinking that that would silence silence it and i think my old agency made <laughs> made a really critical <laughs> error which is a is way way <laughs> more dangerous now than when I was with the agency. I have so much more freedom to say and do what I want. And there's zero reper, as long as it's factual and it's, and it's, it's not, um, I forget what the attorney said when it comes to libel, because a former Lieutenant just threatened (laughs) me on Facebook that he was going to sue me personally. Uh, for, oh, nice. for liable, and I forgot what the other one was slander, slander and liable. liable, which is is that it has to yeah. it has to harm your reputation in some way you're not a public figure you have no reputation you like you're not it, me telling them that you're a poor leader um is factual I'll line five people up that'll prove it um you know, and you'll spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to sue me, and I'll just if you
0: And you better win because if you don't, then he has to pay your attorney fees. Even if you
1: do win, (laughs) even if you did win, I would take you to appeals court. And then after, after you won appeals court, I just filed for bankruptcy. So like, you're not hurting me. Like, (laughs) but you just just spent spent a bunch of damn money. money.
0: And by the way, boys and girls, when when you're talking about, I'm going to sue you. Minimum is three hundred forty-five bucks an yeah, hour. Good luck. That's what I had to good pay luck. to defend myself def- in civil and court. I'm and I'm not going to
1: hire anybody. I'm going to defend myself. And the reason why I would do that right. is, is that any judge in the world is going to have uh, an enormous amount of sympathy, and the trial is going to take forever because I'm going to file the wrong motions <laughs> over and over and over, <laughs> and I'm just going to go at like this, Your Honor. I, I don't know. I'm not an attorney, so. I thought this is what I filed. This isn't what I file. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I file something different? Can we delay this another month? That's what's going to happen, Lieutenant so-and-so. So, So, um, yeah. But I digress. Uh, Folks, take good care of yourself. Um, Make sure, like Mark said, make sure you're taking time for yourself. The holidays are approaching us. Reach out to Mm -hmm. CopLine if if you're dealing with something. Uh, please reach out to CopLine. I, I really want to push that this holiday. Um, or reach out to Mark or I, and we will steer you in the right direction. Um, this is a tough time for everybody. The world yeah, needs tough you. Tough time for everybody.
0: The world needs you. Be
1: here tomorrow. Alone. You're not alone. And, um, you know, stay tuned because uh, part two is going to come soon. So take good care of yourselves, folks, and uh, have a good day, night, evening, whatever. All right.